Happy fabulous Friday, everybody. My name's Simone Allen. I'm from The Mentor Evolution, and I have my colleague Kirsten Ford, who you might have spoken to or emailed through uh, the Educate pla uh, platform, Educate Plus platform. Uh, lovely to have you here, and thank you for investing an hour of power. I am so delighted and grateful to introduce Robin Moore. Robin Moore is a professional speaker and is well known to, I would suggest you would have heard her voice in every one of your living rooms over the last uh, three or four decades. And uh, she is an inspiration to many and especially me. I, I first met her when I was uh, presenting on um, those uh, Good Morning Australia shows and Till 10 um, products. I believe it or not, used to sell vacuum cleaners. Now, now I'm much more enjoying selling mentor technologies. Uh, but uh, Robin, Robin was the, um, the the interviewer on that show, and uh, since that moment, we we uh, we formed an incredible uh, bond and trust, as as what really mentors do, and we've remained in touch ever since. Uh, Robin is patron of Make a Wish. And uh, she will share some absolutely beautiful stories today. And uh, really, her story today is about the power of mentoring and the power of your word and what you say. And uh, I really am delighted to introduce Robin. And I think that the interesting thing, too, is that Robin has such a generous heart that today she's, she's suggested that, uh, that the time she would normally charge Educate Plus is going to be donated to Make-A-Wish. So I thank you for that, Robin, and I thank you for making this time available for all of us. Um, thank you, Robin, and introducing Robin Moore. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sim. And uh, thank you, Sheila and Tina, for setting this up all together. Um, if, if I was with all of you in a conference room, I'd get you to answer these three questions. Hands up if you're breathing, gorgeous and extraordinary but you may feel a little bit intimidated if you're working from home at the moment. But um, I already know that you're breathing gorgeous extraordinary because um, I always send out a brief sheet before I do a talk. And uh, I'll just, uh, I wanna share with you what Tina wrote about you. The question was, what are the most outstanding achievements shared by this audience and what would you like them to be acknowledged for? And she's written, their incredible collegiality how they're prepared to collaborate with and encourage their peers, how they give of their time and their experience to share and support one another, a very unique community. So I already feel that uh, I'm connected through these words. So welcome. Some of you will be mentors, some will be mentees, and some will be just curious and, uh, and sticking your toe in the water to see what this conversation is all about. So uh, Simone, you know, broke our secret and uh, we have actually met before. I want to give you a little uh, look back in time. This is what we looked like <laughs> back then. Isn't that beautiful? My, my two adult sons still want me to have that kind of hairdo. Um, so I think we, have, we haven't changed much at all, really. And the shoulder pads are beautiful The shoulder too. pads, yes, you know, was that, we, we took off like an airport. Uh, airport <laughs> But um, this wonderful bond was created and I'm absolutely uh, joyous to be here with you because Simone for me is, she's like a, a connector on legs. She is passionate about um, drawing forth the best of, of people and she constantly throws me into situations where um, I'm, I grow and I develop my own gifts and skills. So, you know, she mentioned this and I was a yes immediately. Uh, so um, I grew up in the outback. I'm Tasmanian and you're in my lounge room now in Tassie. The irony is I've had to close the blinds because it's such a beautiful day outside. You wouldn't be able to see the screen. Now, that's honestly the truth. But I grew up in the outback in Queensland because my dad was a, a stockman and a drover. That's me on a, on a horse. I, I was just isolated out there. So I invented my own play. All my toys had voices. I'd sit them in a circle and I'd ask them questions and they'd answer me with funny voices. And if they got the answer wrong, I'd smash them with a ruler. So clearly my, my destinal path was, was already prescribed and I became, yes, a teacher. No, no, yes, you could hit in the 1950s. So my background professionally is I'm, I'm an educator. I graduated in 1971 and um, I'm still an educator, even though I'm not in the education department as such. 
much. I've never stopped being an educator and I loved growing little people into big people. My grade six teacher made me promise I'd be a teacher. And you're all in that wonderful sector. So, you know, congratulations being in the, in the best place ever. Um, when I uh, uh, graduated from Teachers College, I, I really got the privilege to, uh, to, to grow and develop young people and to, um, to find the best of themselves, you know, to, to develop their potential fully and, and, and utterly. It was my first experience as a primary school teacher in mentoring. Yes, there was the collective mentoring, but they actually had a program in Tasmania where they would second teachers who had a special gift. My gift was in drama. And um, I was actually taken out of the teaching situation for a year and sent to uh, mentor 16 teachers uh, in 16 schools. And um, it was wonderful. These were the people who didn't have the confidence to teach drama. They did it with maths and science and all of the subject areas. And I thought that was a wonderful um, initiative. It should be used now in schools. But it was about um, actually copying yourself and, and uh, you know, recreating your passion out there in as many schools as possible. So you created almost a tsunami effect. So that was a structured uh, role around mentoring. After that, I, I left and uh, I've been a speaker now for 25 years. For me, speaking is fast-tracking mentoring. I've literally got an hour. Sometimes if I'm lucky, I've got three hours with an audience. And, and how I approach that as, a, as an ongoing mentor is I make this an experience that they will never forget as long as they live. So what comes into play as a mentor when I'm a speaker is my intent. I know why I'm there. I'm very clear about that and the purpose and the, the, the role I get to play. And uh, Sheila, you'll be happy to know I, I grabbed hold of the intent uh, distinction when I was in Ireland speaking. And I'm going to do a very poor version of your lovely Irish accent. But there's a lovely adage in Ireland. If you want to climb over a great big wall, first throw your hat over. At least you'll be committed. And uh, since I was speaking to these 500 beautiful rural women, I've just embraced the idea of intent, like declaring this mighty future that you want and then climbing over the wall and getting your hat back. So today, my intent for you is that this is going to be an hour you'll never forget as long as you live. Now, I have to find the courage to declare that because now I am publicly accountable for that. Uh, so I have to deliver a presentation and I have to tell stories today that I've chosen specifically for you to actually engage you, to, to inspire you around mentoring. And that's, uh, that's my hat that I'm going to pull in back over the wall today. I've also been a voiceover artist for 48 years. Um, every time I open this hole in my face, I get words to come out through that hole, out through a microphone, out to a speaker, into your ears, eyes, minds, hearts and spirits. So as Simone said, you know, I've been in most homes in Australia in, uh, God, I call from Sue's our daughter, something had distraught her, the wedding place in town. Yes, it's the spray and wipe commercial. Now don't turn off the webinar. I know that's obscene almost, but that sold millions of dollars worth of product, products. And it connects me with audiences because we have a relationship. There's a, there's a kind of trust there. So as a voiceover artist, I have a real privilege of trust with people. They, they know me inside. Uh, I've been making regional people laugh for 34 years in a comedy radio show called How Green Was My Cactus, which has been making jokes about the government. So again, I get to mentor with these people because it's built on a foundation of, of trust. Some farmers actually write letters to me saying they only stay alive because it's cactus, keeping them laughing, keeping them buoyed up during times of drought, during times of crisis. Um, one of the voices I get to create, or got to create for Yoren Gross many years ago, probably babysat those of you watching who are 36 years of age or younger. So you know me sounding like this. G'day, my name is Blinky Bill. I'm Australia's most mischievous koala. <laughs> now, I know that's a mental health issue, but oh boy, as a mentor with young people, that's the door. I get through Blinky Bill's little voice and his spirit and my intent to connect. I get to have the most delicious, empowering conversations with young people you could ever imagine. 
fact, I was at a school in Brisbane and uh, I had two groups of students and the principal was so amazed at the students' reaction when I did the, the voice of Blinky. She took this photo of the next group and I, I just love it. It's a little bit out of focus, but she's taken th this moment when I did the voice and it's, it's, it's that connection which you know, makes me emotional now just looking at that. So that afterwards, I had permission to enter into deep conversations with people. So I regard that trust relationship that you create with mentor-mentee and vice versa as absolutely sacred. So I think you can get a sense at the moment that I am in love with the power of the word. I love words because they can evoke, they can persuade, they can sell, they can sell people back to themselves, they can inspire, they can motivate, they can, it, it's amazing, they can destroy as well. But as a mentor, we're on the, on the positive side of that. Uh, so this is going to be a celebration of your power through your word to totally transform people's lives. And um, I think that you're a very blessed group to be part of this platform, this concept, this ideal that was created, you know, with the lovely relationship between uh, Simone at uh, Mendo, Mendo, uh, Mondo Mentor and Educate Plus. Um, not many people have that kind of structure, that kind of platform. So um, I'd, I'd persuade you to, to get all the details you can if you're thinking about mentoring, because this really is a, is a wonderful uh, guide for you and gives you all of the background, all of the rules, all of the advice that you would need. So um, I'm really interested in not just informing people. You know, we're full of information up to pussy's bow. Uh, it's just learning more about stuff. So I'm really interested in transformation. And how I distinguish, you know, being informed and transformed is um, informed is like taking an egg and breaking it and frying it. It's still recognisable as an egg. But um, transformation for me is taking an egg and breaking it and making it into Bernays sauce where it's unrecognisable. And over my many years of mentoring, that's the sense I have, that you get to be a catalyst, a, a conduit uh, with somebody in a very sacred relationship, a confidential relationship, privileged relationship that transforms somebody so that they're unknowable at the end of it. Um, my favourite definition of a leader is, a leader is somebody who might get you to do what you may not want to do so you can be everything you've always dreamt you could be. And often when you're a great mentor, people can't even remember that you had anything to do with that. You know, so it takes great humility too to let go uh, as a mentor. So it's been lovely preparing uh, this presentation for you because it's taken me down the pathway of, um, you know, what it's like for me um, as a mentor. And it's always great to go back to the etymology of a word. And the first, I looked up mentor and it said wise advisor, intimate friend who also is a sage counsellor. But it sort of sounds as though we all need to be in sackcloth and, you know, levitate or something off the ground. So I went down to the word um, education and it's come based in two Latin words, educare, uh, to nourish, to bring up, to train, to mould, which is a sense of like teaching. But mentor is, is not in that domain. So I looked down a bit further and it was um, educere, or uh, I think they pronounced it educere. Lead forth, to draw out, coaxing out of someone, expressing one's potential through questioning, thinking and creating. I don't know about you watching, but for me, that, that's, that gives me the essence. For those mentors, I, I hope that's kind of hitting the mark. I think that's what it is for me anyway. Um, so there's a lovely story that gets across the power of mentoring for me. Um, a man was walking along a beach and he saw a woman look like she was dancing. As he got closer to her, he realised she was actually throwing starfish into the water. There were thousands of them drying up in the hot sand. And he said, you idiot, you can't save all these starfish. There's thousands of them. And she bent down and she picked up a starfish and she threw it into the water and she said, made a difference to that one. And I think mentoring is almost a lifelong invitation, a quest where you are mentoring constantly once you adopt this beautiful distinction and this way of being. Um, 
I, I'm a mentor every time I have a conversation, and I bet you are too. And I wonder how many starfish you've actually thrown into the water with just everyday conversations. Um, I told that story, and I always do at leadership camps around Australia, and a beautiful student became an RAAF personnel afterwards. He said, I was drawn by that story to find the best of myself. And uh, I received an email from him recently. He said, um, I'm sitting in Afghanistan in the dark, now in the RAAF, and I'm in the tower, and it's just my voice guiding the, uh, the planes into safe landing, guiding the pilots in with my words, they're listening. He said, I have your notes on the wall. I'm really getting the power of my own word. And he signed it, thank you. I'm one of your starfish. You know, that's, that's the power of this. It's uh, very meaningful to take on uh, the quest of mentoring. So, I, you know, whenever somebody asks me, oh, look, can I ring you and have a chat about something? Or, you know, can we have coffee and have a chat about something? Or would you like to talk to this group? Uh, mentoring is mostly donated. So um, I'm usually, yes. I've learned that when you're a yes, um, who knows what's unfolded before you? All these mysteries and miracles show up um, because there's a big distinction between being a mentor and doing mentoring. If you're doing mentoring, and we have a lot of so-called leaders in Australia who are stressed out of their brain because they're, they're leaders who think you have to do, 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 so that you can have, 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 have the results so that you can be who you want to be. But this conversation is inviting you into a different way of thinking, a different way of being. This is ontological, looking at your way of being. If you take care of who you're being first and you be, be, be your intent, and then you do from that, you actually get to have the results that you want. So I found the word yes has just opened up many, many pathways. And sometimes they're accidental. I'm an accidental mentor often. This young man, Matt, who was on My Kitchen Rules, rang me out of the blue. Hello, Robin. I'm Matt from My Kitchen Rules. I've always wanted to do voiceovers. Can you, you know, spend an hour with me on the phone? Yes, I said, Matt. So we jacked on for a, a whole hour and we, you know, explored, you know, the whole world of voiceovers and never heard from him again. And then I heard that he had his own radio program in Hobart. This is from a novice to his own radio program. I don't know what was said in that uh, little phone call, but something, something triggered him going on to, uh, to, great, to great success. He's not there now, he's off doing something else now. So, you know, sometimes we can be accidental mentors. And sometimes mentoring happens over a cup of tea. Um, I, for 10 years, spoke um, to the Tasmanian leaders. Wonderful program. It was uh, one of my uh, not-for-profits I support. And uh, just do a three-hour talk every year, 10 years, and I made friends with this beautiful woman, Rosie Martin, and we occasionally have cups of tea. And every time we have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, she does something remarkable afterwards. She's been Tasmanian of the Year. One cup of tea session, we talked about literacy in Tasmania, and I said, it just makes me ache that 49% of people are functionally illiterate. Next thing I know, uh, Rosie's taken on a whole symposium around literacy, and she's got the governor now who's her patron. Um, these are little seeds that are sown over um, cups of coffee, cups of tea, but with the right intent to always, in every conversation, be your intent, be the power of your own word, be a mentor, you know, be transformation. This is a, a lovely story about Beck. This beautiful girl, Beck, rang me when she was 16 and she said, oh, I have my own company called Banana Power. I thought it was because she was sponsored by the banana industry. No, she just loved bananas. And she was taking student leadership uh, days around Australia. She created this whole business. And would I like to speak at it? I said, yes, I would love to, Beck. So I spoke at her beautiful day with her leaders. And I'd been doing that now for 15 years at their national leadership camps. The company then went on to become Rising Generations. She has her own board. Um, they work in schools. Some of you watching from your schools or colleges will know Rising Generations because this beautiful young woman, Beck Heinrich, transformed the lives of 185,000 students. 
Um, she now works for Deloitte in America, and this is her doing her own TED talk. Uh, I often say to the students when I start that um, if I had a daughter, it would be Beck. Uh, she's such an inspiration. She's like this thirsty, absolutely thirsty. And we've had the most beautiful mentoring sessions together. And uh, to, to walk beside her in this journey has been absolutely incredible and uh, deeply moving to see the results around Australia. Um, your mentoring can affect people overseas. And in a second, you can make those choices to transform somebody's life. My husband and I, in 1976, were watching 60 Minutes and they were talking about the plight of girls in India who were the last to be fed. And um, we said, that's it. We didn't have any children back then. And we said, that's it. We're going to take on a little girl in India. So we rang World Vision and uh, we sponsored Little Hammer. Um, our first overseas trip was in 1976 where we went to uh, Hyderabad and we met this tiny little girl who was seven who couldn't speak English, she'd never seen white people before in her life, saw a plane for the first time. Um, and when she left World Vision at 16, we privately sponsored her. And a couple of years ago, uh, we went back to see Hema and we sponsored her whole family. We can't sever ourselves from that little girl. How could we do that? So it was a mentoring love affair, an arrangement that went on and is going to go on and we're putting her three children through university now. It's just one family helping one family. So we mentor each other and she inspires us. She's been through university. Um, she's now a nurse. She's married beautiful Jacob, who's a policeman. Um, and one daughter wants to be a doctor. One wants to be a pharmacist. And her son, Richard, is, uh, is a photographer. Just a, a moment, a moment of choice that's created a whole new world for one family another kind of mentoring. Um, AFS, some of you may have heard about the American Field Service Scholarship. Both our sons went to Japan and our younger son came back and said he'd had a tough time in Japan and he wanted us to be host parents because he wanted somebody from around the world to know how lovely his family was. I mean, how do you say no to that? So we said, yes. And we were sent four letters from four students and we were able to choose which student we would have live with us. And uh, we picked up one letter and this beautiful girl, Maggie, just said, um, I am 16, my, my parents are divorced. I don't like myself very much. I have an eating disorder. Nobody likes me. And we all looked around the table and we went, yes. That's, that's, this is our daughter. Maggie is ours. And uh, so she's now a part of our family and uh, is so amazingly well. Has such wonderful self-esteem, knows she's lovable, is a nurse and uh, has been working in the thick of it in the Tyrol uh, where the, um, the epicentre was for Europe at a ski field. And we're so proud of her. She's now studying to be a psychologist. Um, another form of mentoring. So um, the question is, why? Why be a mentor? That sounds like a lot of work, a lot of commitment, a lot of time. You know, why be a mentee? Why put your hand up? Why bother to engage with somebody in this relationship? Well, let's have a look at the opposite side of it. I was returning my hire car to Brisbane Airport recently and um, the man was checking the car and he was going, achoo, achoo, all over me. And he yelled out to his mates, I'm allergic to work. And his mates yelled out, so are we. And I thought, <laughs> what a wonderful customer experience. Um, nobody had obviously trained this man about his intent or, or his purpose or uh, why, the why, the why, the why. I mean, he probably wakes up every day and says, oh, I'm going to work, I'm going to work, I'm going to work. If he was trained in being his word, in the power of the word, to invent who you're going to be, to be your purpose, that one sentence can be altered by taking out work um, and put in another word that's inspiring. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to listen. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to honour. I'm going to serve. I'm going to grow. I'm going to walk beside somebody. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to have fun on this beautiful, fabulous Friday. 
um, it's so simple. And all those life messages um, are in all of us. And it's conversations where these come out that, that grow other people so that they too can make big choices about who they're going to be every day. And uh, so the journey continues. Um, so, you know, what I always say to the people I, I mentor is to name, name your gifts and stories, claim them, and then aim them out into the world. Um, in Tasmania, a friend of mine uh, pitched uh, for the uh, 2000 Olympics for the torch design. And we came second in the competition. But his torch was based on a fire stick because our uh, Indigenous people in Tassie, many of them didn't know how to make fire. So there always had to be somebody in their mob who had a fire stick, which was kept alight 24 hours a day. That's, that's my image, my visual image of, of mentoring. That, you know, we're all fire stick holders, you know? This is where it stopped. The buck stops here. If we, in education, all of us are the fire stick holder, wow, just imagine, you know, the bushfire you can, you can start in your communities, in your schools, in your colleges, your unis, in your education. And just looking that, you know, that you're from this interesting group within education that a lot of people, they don't notice you're there until you don't show up. Um, you know, admissions. Uh, alumni, community relations, fundraising, marketing and communications. And when you look behind those words, there's so many other responsibilities and roles and privileges, like admissions. That's where you give people their worth, where they come in and they feel valued. Wow, I like the feel of this place. Somebody welcomed me. You know, they made this feel, mm. so it was tantalising. I'm in. I love this place. You know, alumni and community relations, wow, it's all the relational things that you get to hold and pull together. I remember Taz Uni were having an, an alumni event many years ago and uh, I was going to be speaking at it. And two days before, they said, oh, Rob, there's only about nine people who've enrolled. I think we'll have to cancel it. And I said, no, no, use your communication. Send everybody an email and just say, you'll still be three hours older if you don't come. And we had 90 people turn up and they were still there at 11 o'clock at night and they achieved their goal, you know, and they're very good alumni. Uh, and the seed was sown then and it was that communication and, again, a mentoring conversation to forward something that had stopped, that was stuck. Mentors get to unstick things sometimes. Uh, fundraising, oh boy, that can be very, very disempowering sometimes. You can feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulder. But the fundraising, you're the one that creates sustainability. You know, you're the one that creates all of the, the extras, all those lovely um, uh, extra activities in your, in your institutions that, that, that have your, your school or your college be the one that everybody wants to go to. You know, um, behind marketing and communication, you've got the history, you've got the reputation, you've got that longing that one day, one day, I'm going to go to that school. I mean, that's how I thought about my high school, because somebody had done a really good job in selling the school. So from, you know, primary school, I longed to get to that school. And if that's missing... All kinds of sort of bad uh, messages are sent out. I was in a school in Canberra once that had a big sign emblazoned over their school, building your Ucha. And I said to the principal, gosh, I'm excited about having my Ucha built. And she said, oh, oh, that. She said, oh, the F fell off the word future years ago. And I said, yeah, I think that's the trouble. They lost their F off future. Um, so, you know, well done to all of you and, um, and keep on keeping on. I think it's wonderful. Even in these times of this pandemic roller coaster, I can't even begin to imagine what it's like for you. And we're all on this roller coaster ride at the moment, you know, and uh, it's a time where we really do need great leadership, great mentoring, great listening, great assistance, great walking aside alongside people because we all got a ticket for this. No, we didn't buy one. We were just given one. Nobody could escape. 
Um, and roller coasters fascinate me. I was at a conference at um, Nara SeaWorld. I've always been afraid of roller coasters. You know, I'd get on and white knuckle and I'd close my eyes and I'd scream all the way through and then I'd get off relieved that I was still alive. Well, this particular night, there were only a hundred of us there. So we had access to all the rides and I thought, right, I'm going to conquer roller coaster. So I got on and the rules for myself were just hang on gently but securely. Keep your eyes open and shut up. Don't scream. Be present. And so uh, I went on the ride and it was the most exhilarating thing I noticed. Every high, every low, every twist, every turn. And it was absolutely amazing. I think I went on it 10 times that night. You know, so now during these times, more than ever, we do need that assistance for mentors and mentees to work together to stay on the ride. And I think that one of the lovely gifts out of mentoring is when you're working, walking beside somebody or sitting in the same cart on the roller coaster with them, you actually get to see yourself. That's one of the, one of the surprise gifts, I think. Um, because you're, you're recounting, you know, what happened to you when you failed at something or what you learned. And it's like looking at yourself in the mirror. I think it's one of the, one of the hidden gifts in mentoring. In fact, um, I was lecturing at NIDA, just a, just a one day lecture on voiceovers. Now I've been doing voiceovers years and years and years. I just, I just do voiceovers. I didn't think about what I was doing. But to have to actually explain to, you know, 22 third year NIDA students the skills of voiceovers, wow, it was fascinating. I have such a, a, a shift now around my appreciation for the craft of, you know, voiceovers. We're voiceover artists and it is an art. And that only came by having to, you know, actually show others uh, about this, uh, this vocation. So I thought, you know, this is my new lovely mentee, uh, Darren. Darren is amazing. And mentor-mentee often just swap over in their roles because he is teaching me so much. I first met Darren. I mean, he's got a gym. He's got a film school. He does podcasts. He is so creative. And I first met him when he was interviewing me. And then COVID hit. And then he did a, a virtual um, I, uh, a podcast and then he rang and said could you mentor me so now we meet every two weeks and it's been absolutely fascinating he um he's taught me so many things so I'm learning a lot from him and he's learning a lot from me um, and we actually went on the roller coaster ride together because we were in the same circumstances being small business owners and so I found that the relationship was symbiotic it just kept ebbing and flowing like a, an amoeba. It kept changing shape. Um, so what I did uh, in our, you know, sort of catch-ups was to take him through this roller coaster ride and to share stories about my circumstances. Because roller coasters, you know, don't go as you'd want them to. You know, if you were uh, in, you know, ICU, you'd be dead. So this is life. It goes up and down and all over the place. And it's okay to be anywhere on the roller coaster. Um, he had to close his business. I was unemployed as a speaker because all events have been shut. So we plotted where we were on the roller coaster. And we noticed that, um, you know, around business, yes, it was a bit discombobulating. But when it came to meeting in this mentor situation, we were both totally enlivened. And so at no point in time were our emotions fixed. And so just seeing this, uh, this pattern on a roller coaster gave us the freedom to be however we were being and to share with each other and to realise that wherever you are, down, middle or up, is all part of normal. It's okay not to be okay during this pandemic. Um, I do a lot of work with children at risk who actually get out of it they leave the roller coaster ride and they are out here doing binge drinking, drug abuse, all kinds of things. My job is to speak so powerfully with these young people to get them to come back onto the bottom of the roller coaster, back on the ride. Everybody says, but why don't you want them at the top of the roller coaster? Given their circumstances, being on the bottom of the roller coaster is amazing. 
I do this with farmers too, when I mentor farmers and people in drought. Sometimes they get out of it. They have mental health issues. I showed this diagram to some farmers and a farmer came over and said, thank you for showing me the diagram. I didn't have enough um, money to buy bullets to shoot my cattle in a drought. I kept one bullet for me. Now I don't need to use it. It was after seeing this diagram. He wanted to give me the bullet and I said, no, I want you to go back home to the farm and throw it out into the dark as far as you can. And he came back onto the ride because he saw where he was. So just this, sharing this with Darren has been just fabulous. Uh, so we're, we're in a dance now on the roller coaster ride. So uh, I, I feel very confident that, um, you know, he's going to do absolutely fabulously well during this. And his ideas just keep flourishing. You can't stop his ideas. So uh, every time I speak, and Simone, you've, you've heard me do this so many times, I always count the seconds. Here they are, the gorgeous, golden, delicious hours, and gone. Woo, come back. Oh, you can't. So some people miss these seconds. I was doing this at Uluru with the Indigenous early childhood educators, but they were the Uluru seconds. And here we are right now in this wonderful webinar, the mentoring webinar seconds. And some people, you know, miss them. They say, oh, God, I wish I wasn't at work, and I think, but you are. Some people say, you know, one day I'm going to get a life. And it always makes me laugh because I think, but you've got one. Have a look at your watch. You know, so mentoring often is a choice in a moment. And every moment is an opportunity to find the best of yourself and the best of life. This uh, photo I took on the 1st, um, 1st of January 2001. It's the first second of the new dawn of the new millennium from the top of Mount Wellington. Boy, all the things that I saw possible back then, I mean, 10 times as many things have happened since then. And mentoring's often given me access to that. So when you wake up every day into those seconds and uh, you put your foot out on the floor and it's, it's your first second to invent who you are. You know, Facebook doesn't tell you who you are. Donald Dump in America doesn't tell you who you are. You know, the newspaper doesn't tell you. COVID doesn't tell you. You tell you who you are going to be. And uh, little children get this faster than adults. You know, adults are very slow. I was at a supermarket one day and uh, I got a whole lot of extra stuff. I just wanted peanut butter and I dropped the jar of peanut butter. It smashed everywhere. This is what happened. Mop and bucket to cash register to five. Mop and bucket. Mop and bucket to cash register to five. Mop and bucket. Wayne, I know you can hear me. Now, we thought we were on candid camera. Then she said, Wayne, I can see you hiding behind the boxes. Everybody waited to see Wayne, but Wayne nicked off and went home. And their slogan was, we love to serve, not. See, nobody had trained Wayne to be of service. And that would have made such a difference. Um, so these seconds are opportunities to be, you know, you're the author of who you're going to be. I was with a, a lovely school in Northwest Tassie and I said to the children, which empowering word are you going to be? And the little boy said, I have a word. And I said, what's your word, Lockie? And he said, lifeful. I said, oh, Lockie, that is amazing. Did you just make that up? And he went, I said, I'm going to steal your word and I'm going to give it to all my audiences because it's such a beautiful word, lifeful. Wow. You know, we, I looked it up on Google. Uh, the last time it was used it was in the 13th century. We use the word lifeless now, not lifeful. I think mentoring gives you access to lifefulness because you're inviting somebody into the best of themselves, into their bliss. You know, oh, as an educator, you get to look at little kids and you just you see their bliss. You see all of their gifts. And it's our job to, to pull that forth, to, to have it fly and be free and get out there and be expressed. In fact, when I graduated from Teachers College, my favourite lecturer said, you'll know you're a good teacher, a good educator, a good parent, a good leader, if you can say, I didn't stop them. You know, so um, Tina and Sheila asked me to, to just sort of talk a little bit about the implications in my home life, my personal life from mentoring. Well, it's just been astounding because I'm um, looking for the bliss in everybody and, and allowing it to be there and fostering it. Um, has spread into our family big time. 
Um, when I was little, my bliss was, you know, listening to radio serials in the outback. I made a little switchboard and I'd say, hello, hello, New York. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? And now I speak around the world. So that's being expressed, you know, teaching and, and, and recording. It's, it's all being expressed from that bliss of a four-year-old. This is my um, uh, older son, Toby, when he was four. His bliss, oh, mum, I want to be an actor. Um, now, you know, 98% of actors are unemployed, but we, you know, encouraged him and every opportunity we, we, we can find, we gave it to Tobes. And his first acting role at four was as a tree in kindergarten. And he was so significant as a tree. Uh, a mother came up afterwards and she said, oh, I'm such a bad mother. I forgot to watch my own child. And I said, well, what were you doing? And she said, I couldn't take my eyes off your tree. Um, so <laughs> he got into NIDA. And um, this is him now. You may have a relationship with him if you've watched The Pacific or John Wick. He was one of the bad Russians. No, he didn't kill the puppy, okay? A Daredevil on, uh, on Netflix. And if you're, you know, desperate and you're watching a lot of TV, you may have seen billions on Stan. And this is not a proud mum story. This is a story about releasing bliss, not stopping it. Don't get in the way of bliss. And as a mentor, you can spot that in somebody. And you can ask the right questions because when you ask the right questions, you allow people to start living the answers. And I think that's such an important role for a mentor. As my younger son, Daniel, we were at mass one day. He was playing on the floor and he said, Mom, I said, shh, shh, shh. but mom, it's really important. I said, what is it, Daniel? He said, I can see a vein up your nose. <laughs> So see, that was, his bliss was holes and dark structures and tunnels and sticking things in things and building and designing. So what did he become? An architect, of course. Uh, he's designing our, our new house at the moment. But um, that five or six years ago, he was asked to design a bar in Melbourne in, uh, in, um, called the Nash Hotel. And he fell in love with an American architect, chased her over to the States. When he came back, and they're now married, which is lovely. When he came back, he said, oh, mum, they'll probably change everything. I only had, you know, six months and um, it'll all be different now. And they invited him to the photo shoot. And I'll never forget the email he sent me. He just said, awesome, mum, I just walked into my drawings. Isn't that beautiful? It won the National Award for Sustainable Commercial Business. But isn't that lovely? I just walked into my drawings. Wow. I think that's this lovely notion to keep you know, behind everything. Keep it, you know, with your intent when you're in a mentor-mentee situation. That you're, you're enabling somebody to walk into their drawings. And uh, it'd be great just I always send my clients a little easel with a you know, canvas on it with, you know, walk into your drawings. What are they? And uh, people keep them on their desk. Like it's a $2 gift uh, and it's, a, it's worth billions or trillions in meaning for people. So along the way in mentoring, these are some of the characteristics you've got to maintain. And it's delightful. You get to have a laugh. You know, even on a Monday, Simone. Simone had an issue with Monday, but we've transformed that, haven't we, Simone? <laughs> and so many other people go, oh, I'm fine for a Monday when I say, how are you? What did Monday ever do to us? Nothing. And if you're upset about Monday, you've wished away one-seventh of your life. You know, embrace it. Have some fun. I love this. Monday, Lisa. Um, it's always great to have a, a sense of humour and to share the things that go wrong. Um, my manager and I, we, we, we have a mentor-mentee relationship and uh, I bought her this gift for Christmas. So whenever anything goes wrong, oh. we, no. we press the no, no button. No, 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 no. And it makes us laugh. We get on the phone and she goes, you'll never guess what happened. That date clashes with that date. So you can only do one of those jobs. And we go, no, no. no. No! <laughs> and, and the laughter just takes us, you know, it, back into now because you can only laugh now. The funny thing is I do carry this in my case and sometimes at the airport um, I'm sure it goes off in my case. No. And I'm sure they think I'm smuggling illegal immigrants. But anyway, that's another story. So the laughter in, in the face of adversity in a mentoring relationship is really, really powerful. 
um, there was a story of a lady who was bringing her cat from Sydney up to Cairns, look after the woman's cat. They offloaded the cage and I met the man who offloaded the cage so I can verify the story. And he said, oh my God, I, I took the cage out and the cat was dead. Ah, oh. he said, well, I've been trained in customer service. So I took out the dead one and I put a live one in. It was a stray, nobody would miss it. She was old, she wouldn't be able to tell the difference. She walks over, she says, that's not my cat. Yes, madam. No, that's not my cat. Yes, madam. Listen, Sonny, I said, that is not my cat. And he said, well, how can he be so certain? And she said, my cat was dead. So in mentoring, uh, and you know, in talks, I often talk about the dead cat syndrome. You know, why pretend something isn't as it is? You know, a lovely thing in life, when you've got a partner to walk alongside of, you can just go, oh no, dead cat and have a laugh, ring each other, you'll never guess what happens. And a problem shared is a problem halved. That's one of the lovely parts of mentoring. You know, um, keep the optimism up front. Um, this is my beautiful mum, who's 80, and my lovely sister. Mum's got Alzheimer's here, just diagnosed. Um, she always taught us that, um, you know, an optimist and a pair, op optimists see ponies under piles of poo. You know, they'll go into a, into a stable and there'll be a pile of poo and an optimist would dive into the pile and say, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. And my mum taught us that the pony with the dementia is that it's always the first time. So, um, you know, every time she looked at herself at this uh, wedding with Toby and Michelle, she'd say, why am I all dressed up? And I'd say, Toby just married Michelle. Did he? Oh, and she'd run over and hug them. And then 30 seconds later, she'd say, what are all these people doing here? And I'd say, oh, guess what? Toby just married Michelle. Did he? Oh, and she'd run over and tug them. 30 seconds later, why am I all dressed up? You can hear how sad that was. I'm not making light of the sorrow. But um, I looked at the guests and I thought, wow, they only had one shot at joy. My mother with dementia had 100 shots at joy. When you're a mentor, and if you have many people that you mentor, you get to tell those stories, not for the 99th time, the 100th time, they're first time stories. If everything you do in life is first time, you'll have a complete shift in life. Passion, you get to, you know, grow people's passion and live with urgency before the emergency. Um, this is one of my favourite Make-A-Wish stories because I've been national patron for 26 years now. This is beautiful Daniel. His brain tumour was growing so quickly he couldn't have his wish to go and see a famous cricketer um, in, in Britain. So he changed his wish to a shopping spree. And uh, his mum has given me permission to share Daniel's shopping list because the doctor said he only had two weeks to live. This is his list. I wish for a dishwasher for my mum because she works too hard. I wish for a puppy for my sisters so they have something to play with when I die. I wish for bracelets for my mom and my sisters so they have, you know, and with my name engraved on them so that they don't forget me. And for my dad, I would like a ring with the words strength and courage engraved on it. I just want a Hummer ride. And on the morning of the shopping spree, he could hardly move. This photo was taken on that day. And uh, he said, well, I'm going shopping anyway because I don't know how long I've got to live. And they bought all of those things. Mum didn't get a dishwasher. She got a barbecue and she cooks on it almost every day. And two weeks later, I received an email from Make-A-Wish that just said heaven was short of angels today. And we lost him. And I make sure every one of my audiences hears Daniel's shopping list because this young man was truly being. He was being whole and complete as a human being. He was acknowledging, he was honouring, he was respecting, he was grateful, he was creative, he was thankful, he was being the best of himself now. And um, to honour our Make-A-Wish children, and many of them, because they're looking forward to wishes, actually uh, don't succumb to their illness. They actually um, do better with their treatment because of the anticipation of a wish. So we have a surprise. Beautiful Educate Plus have bought 20 tickets in our raffle. The prizes are $10,000 worth of travel vouchers available for three years. Isn't that great? So uh, some 20 people will uh, win one of those at the end of the, or sometime, I don't know what the time frame is. So passion. We had a, a volunteer over in Western Australia told me they had a little boy who wanted to go fishing from a boat. And they said, wouldn't it suck if he didn't catch a fish? And so they had a diver under the boat with a bag of fresh barramundi. See, every time he threw the line in, the diver swam over and put a fish on the end of the hook. Wouldn't you like a diver under the boat? Well, 
I think mentoring programs give you access to being the diver under the boat. You're there. I know a lot of the people watching, you know, you just, just would be lost without having the freedom to pick up the phone or email your mentor or to do the same and call your mentee and say, what's your take on this? To have that sacred relationship, that intimate, respectful, um, confidential relationship is uh, an absolute godsend, I think. So watch out for these thieves along the way, cynicism, resignation, anger, and procrastination, because those things will get in the way of our humanity sometimes. And when you take the acronym, what you have is a crap attack. So the lovely thing about mentoring is you've got somebody who's willing to listen to your crap attack and go, oh, dead cat, and off you go again to be the best of yourself now. So um, there was a lovely builder who was a builder from the age of 16 to the age of 60. He loved building. And he said to his boss, oh, it's my birthday. I'm 60. I'm going to retire. And the boss said, no, you can't retire. We, we're going to build a house. No, 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 no. I've got the fishing rod in the back of the car. Look, you can't retire. Don't let us down. So he said, oh, all right, I'll build your stinking house. So he turned up reluctantly, very, very upset. Built the house in six months, finished it, said, here, boss, there's the key. I'm going to retire. And the boss smiled and he said, no. We were thinking, how do we repay you for all your years in the building industry? We know we'll get him to build his own house. And this is your key. And I think it's just a beautiful story. It kind of sums up what mentoring is about because at the end of the journey, and I don't think it ever actually ends, I think it's a never ending story. You get just give somebody their key and say, Here you are, this is your life, this is your being, you know, this is, these are your dreams, these are your aspirations. Just go and, go and be them, go and live them, go and contribute, make a difference. So um, thank you for this opportunity. I, I was looking for a diagram to sort of sum up who you all are in education and uh, and I think you're the keystone, you know, and without you, and you're often invisible, um, without you, the whole thing would collapse. So uh, we all honour you, say, well done, congratulations. Um, we've got a little bit of time for questions. I turned 70 this year, so there's no way I can actually look at anything on this screen without launching myself to Mars or something. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I'm relying on the experts to field any questions if there are some. Okay, I've just unmuted everybody. So if anyone would like to have a chat or ask a question, please go ahead. We've intimidated them all to silence, Robin. No, it's okay. Look, there's a lot. Silence is great. Oh, here's somebody. You're going to speak? I could see a face. Well, look, while you're in your silence, this is a very powerful mentoring story. A little boy said to his teacher, so how do grubs become butterflies? And the teacher said, mm, what a great question. Let's find out, shall we? So he took a cocoon and a razor blade and he cut the cocoon in half and showed this to the little boy. And he said, well, where's the grub? And where's the butterfly? And the teacher said, ah, the mystery butterfly is held in the DNA of the walls of the cocoon. So before a grub can become a butterfly, there has to be nothing. And we were just in the great nothing then. <laughs> lots, of, lots of butterflies about to. Tanya, I can see, she's just put a hand up. Hi. I'm uh, curious to know uh, if there's a way for mentors to tell themselves they're doing a good job. We often uh, don't realise we're mentoring um, and it kind of just dissipates and goes back into the ether of our lives. But maybe if we had a way to say, you know, I've mentored X people or I know I'm doing well because it might fuel uh, continuing that process. Yes, sometimes there will be no feedback. And um, some advice my husband gave me um, was always trust your stories. Trust your stories. Trust who you are. 
to thine own self be true. You know, know who you're being and let that be. Um, sometimes you'll never hear anything back. But um, now that I'm turning 70, that's a significant number because I'm, I'm in that final quarter of my life. So every conversation now, I say, is part of my legacy. And I trust that even today, some of these stories will live in you. Now, I may never, ever see any of you again, never hear from you, but I trust in on my, right in the depths of my soul, I trust that some of these stories will have impacted you. I chose them with love. I, I sat with the brief. I, I knew which ones I wanted to give you. Um, so when you trust, you don't need that follow-up. Do you remember I said right at the very beginning that sometimes um, uh, people will go on after being mentored to do amazing things and they won't even remember that you had anything to do with it? Mm. You know, this is what's happened with my friend. I'm sure she doesn't remember that I mentioned um, literacy. I mean, I told her a lovely story about um, bringing the affirmation into Australia Day as an Australia Day ambassador. I said, why, why aren't we all saying the oath that you Australians are saying? And I shared that with the Australia Day Council. And then the next year on my duties as an Australia Day ambassador, everybody was given an affirmation. And I went, oh, oh, that's the thing that I shared with the Australia Day Council. Well, my friend um, has just been around schools and made a video now of affirmations with children. And I'm sure she, she can't remember that we, we talked about that. And that's beautiful. That's my legacy. I, I live in that. And they'll never know who silly old Robbie Bobs was. But, I'm, but I'm, I know that's my contribution to the world. So it's inviting you to, oh, to the depths of your humility. Ugh. And that's hard because we all want to go, I did that. I did that. You know, it just happened recently at Make-A-Wish Ball. Um, we had this beautiful little boy who has muscular dystrophy and he crawled on stage. He could hardly walk and he totally engrossed the audience. They all loved him to pieces. At the end, his mum said, oh, well, we're on a waiting list for a Wilson's Home House. It's a building company in Hobart. And I said, you're on a waiting list? I said, Ben Wilson is in the audience. He's one, of, he's one of our corporate partners. So I said, Ben, you'll never guess what. You just, you just fell in love with this little boy. His mum's on one of your waiting lists for a home and he needs to be near the hospital. And Ben just shot out of his seat like a rocket, went over and talked to the mum and said, we will sort this. Now, just the other day, this happened a couple of years ago, somebody sent me an email saying, did you know that the family um, are in their new home? And I said, no. <laughs> now, I might cark it. I might have carked it and not known that. As it turns out, I, I did get that story. But I still trusted that Ben was going to sort that. Such a good man. Um, you know, so it, it's, it's, a, it's about letting go. You know, let it go, let it go. You know. <laughs> um, you, you, can, you can feel disheartened sometimes. You know, I do so much, so much stuff as Blinky Bill. Um, and it's all given with, with my heart. Uh, I ring suicidal teenagers who grew up with him. I, 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 I did a wedding um, announcement from Blinky Bill for a, a man I'd been calling for two years when he was a five-year-old um, because his parents were splitting up. So Blinky rang him for two years. Now, he just got married. And his brother said, could you do a message to play at the wedding from Blinky Bill? Because he's 25 now. Like, I do all this crazy stuff. And um, nobody knows. And, you know, we didn't get paid much. I got paid $11.66 in the last 20 years because there's no royalties or residuals. Now, I had a bit of an upset about that. I had a bit of a crap attack about that for a while until I realised that, I live, I live in these children. I've stopped children from committing suicide. I've phoned, left messages for grandparents who are now looking after four grandchildren because their son overdosed on drugs. 
and I've left a message saying, you know, your grandma and grandpa are awesome. I just met them in a conference and they said they love you to the moon and back. <laughs> Far out, Brussels sprout. And I know things are really hard at the moment, but always know, and everybody here in Green Patch knows that you are loved to the moon and back and their love's never going to go away. You know, now that, that changes lives and nobody knows. It's not in the paper. Nobody knows. But, but that lives in those children. So it's, it's, it's a big ask. It's a big ask of mentors. You have to grow yourself into it being okay if nobody ever thanks you, nobody gets it, you know, there's no medals, there's, it's a knowing. And that is worth trillions in meaning. Okay? Yeah. Has that answered your question? Yeah. Thank you. Great. Great. And thank you for doing what you're doing. We're all thanking you. Yay! <laughs> Robin, I want to say a huge thank you to you. And, and Tanya, just to mention too that um, there is on the mentor technology, you can, there's an aha sheet, which you can ask your mentee whenever they get a little aha from you through the partnering. It's nice to see the little ahas. And, and that's sometimes it's just good to ask your mentor if you ever get an aha, let me know about it. And, uh, and I think um, uh, Robin Moore had a beautiful quote by Kennedy, didn't you, about, you know, the impact we have often is generations later. You know, in, in the words that we say today, it might come down to generations beyond. Um, but definitely the studies are showing that the, the, the more we mentor others, um, the more cathartic it is for us because we're able to reflect on the experience, look at what we learned, look at how we could have done something differently and close the door sometimes on things. So it's a really terrific cathartic process for, for anybody in their own self-development. So it's good to know in your heart that it's good for you. Um, and we do release pheromones every time we help someone or we serve someone. Um, happy hormones, which is what we all need. Um, Sarah just gave some beautiful words uh, that I want to mention to you, Robin. She said, thanks for your insights and energy. Robin reminded me so much about staying on the roller coaster. This is possibly the best Friday I've had in 2020. So powerful were your stories and thank you. Thanks, so, Beautiful words, Sarah. Thank you for, for sharing those words. And, and thank you so much, Robin. I just have to say, like what you said, in seconds you can make and transform someone's life. And that is so true. And the mirror, as you talk to someone, you see so much more about yourself. So you have reminded us all how powerful mentoring is. And thank you very much. And we're delighted at Mentor Evolution to have hosted you.